This is the Neoliberal Round podcast entitled, Why Don't the Russians Rise Up? A Russian-American Perspective. As we draw closer to the end of 2022 and begin to think about 2023, I must say that 2022 was indeed a tough year for many people, for many people all over the world, and and it continues to be tough for many people. But um, through it all, people, we have been able to persevere. And um, 2021, you know, coming out of 2021, it was a year that was that we saw how COVID, we're just coming out of COVID, and where we many people are looking toward forward to 2022 as we move beyond COVID and things, and we move to normalcy. But it, you know, it, as we think about 2022, it, it, there wasn't much normalcy. And in fact, we had, I had uh, printed, um, where we uh, published an article, written and published an article in our news feed, LinkedIn, the neoliberal commentary blogging you, so on and so forth, talking about, and the neoliberal.com via our neoliberal post, talking about the outlook, economic outlook for 2022. 2022, we saw spike in inflation, one of the highest inflation rates we've ever seen in years. Um, spike in murder, spike in income inequality, spike in poverty, um, and a quite unusual situation where, where we see the way in which we think about work was the, um, and it's changing the way in which organize or we organize work is, is, actually, is actually changing because and it, we saw that young people and the young people were changing how we think about work and because of COVID many people wanted to work virtually or remotely but um, but there has been quite 2022 was quite interesting and we learned a lot and you know every experience you go through in life provides an opportunity for us to learn no matter how no matter how negative no matter how difficult it's, it provides an opportunity for us to learn about ourselves learn about people and you know and you always want to or you always want to make changes you always i mean socrates says the unexamined life is not worth living and so you always want to reflect yourself reflect on yourself you always want to do um self-examination and you want to you want to be very critical of yourself or you don't want to be too pessimistic and you also want to think about what you're going to do next year that's different but today as we think about um the neoliberal podcast we have been we we are doing well in but we can do better um and and we appreciate all the support that we've we've been getting throughout the, the months that we've started and we're looking forward to 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 improving we're looking forward to what we can do to improve the show but as we think about 
um, a show that we did, which is partly one of the number one shows. Some time ago, we had talked about what's going on in Russia. And um, we talked about the fact that Putin believes the West thinks it's of a higher caste, and it is not to be trusted for the own for the only use peoples and treat them as expendables. And that he justifies genocide or murder or killing Ukrainians and those who side with the West as a purification mechanism to strengthen Russia, all of Russia, including the form of Soviet Union. And we even carried a podcast looking at what Russians are saying. But actually we sat I sat down with a Russian, had a face to face with a Russian who Ishmael a couple of days ago and who refused to have us um, do a live recording because he was afraid of what the Kremlin or what Putin might or could do. He's, he's, a, he's an American citizen, but he came here as a boy, I think 10 years old, from Russia. But um, Ishmael, I, when I thought, at first I thought he was Jewish, but as I... As I, um, I, as I engage with him and so when I realize he's not, he's not Jewish, he's Russian. His grandparents are Ukrainians, but it was quite interesting. He said that um, he was afraid to, to have, to, 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 to even do an audio podcast with his voice on the show. We could only sit down, interview and pen this article and this podcast and discuss some of what he has said. But it's quite interesting. Ish, according to Ishmael... So I have a poll. I've added a poll to the podcast. So every time I publish a podcast, sometimes there is a... There is, especially on the Anchor platform, which is connected to the Spotify platform. Um, when I publish, uh, you can add a poll or you can ask a question. And when you go to the poll, when you go to the Spotify platform and you're playing the podcast, um, you can go to the community page in there or the bottom of the podcast while it's playing you the poll question and the and the and then the topic questions that I added to the to the podcast comes up and you can participate like that as well. You can engage the podcast. So I, I'm so I'm doing a I'm doing a poll, and, I, and the question I ask, I ask the question I'm asking for the poll is, um, I ask, why don't the Russian, why um, why don't why don't the Russians rise up against Putin and his invasion in Ukraine? And so I have, um, it's a multiple, it's a, it's a, I have several options, um, and you can choose one, two, or three, or four, or whatever. It is. So the correct option one is. Um, because they support Putin and the war. <laughs> That's the first option. Second option is um, because they are too poor and they spend most of their time trying to make it, trying to survive. Um, third one is because the, the elites are connected to Putin. The fourth one is because they are on this. I mean, I don't. I know very little. And the fifth one is. Um, um, undecided, so I have that, and they can choose which one. I think it's uh, more than that because I don't have it before me, but people can participate by going on the. Um, I think the Spotify platform has the poll. So on. Spotify. 
but that's the poll for the spot for the for the for the podcast. And the title of the podcast is Why Don't the Russians Rise Up? A Russian American Perspective. Why don't the Russians rise up? A Russian American perspective. They'll be killed if they rise up. <laughs> That's a simple answer to that. <laughs> Russia doesn't tolerate that um, insubordination, that type of demonstration from their constituents, from their whoever. Right, because they have a totalitarian system. Absolutely. As against the US, which is, we, have, we can rise up. I mean, some people can rise up. I mean, Black Lives Matter rose up, but look what happened to them. <laughs> they met with another group, a backlash. I mean, because of, there was, I don't think I'm, the backlash in Russia is the government. <laughs> They'll be killed. But I mean, but in order for you to have change, in order for you, people have to fight for their freedom. People have to be willing to be killed. So what if you're going to be killed? Okay, so you're going to continue to live under totalitarianism, on despotism. You're going to continue to live under tyranny. You're going to continue to live under Putinism. Putin creating, I mean, invading other people's lives and holding his people's ransom and making, I mean, so many Russians are poor. And many of them are even poorer right now because of the war. Okay. You're going to continue to... So people can accept... I mean, you have to be willing to be... To, to You have to be willing to sacrifice. You have to be willing to give your life. You have to be a martyr in order to experience change. You can't be afraid of dying if you believe strongly believe that what Putin is doing is wrong and what he is doing is wrong he's, he's, what he's doing is genocide he's invading a, another country but of, and there are some people who are justifying it saying oh because of, oh, they are violating some agreement some, some ceremonial agreement between Russia and, 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 and NATO and they are inching closer. But of course, we're going to have that on the podcast today. Um, Ishmael, Ishmael was quite revealing. And I can't, I can't wait to share the, the, the sit-down I have with, 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 with Ishmael. A Jewish, I believe, yeah, I believe he's not just a Russian-American. A Jewish-Russian-American. Why is that significant? It is significant because he is a Russian a Jew and a Jew why is that significant because it is significant because we want to hear their perspective somebody from that is there is there additional um, like is there more racism towards Jews in Russia or is there more like they hold a certain status in Russia or they like what makes yes oh they do yes not status I mean I mean, because I mean, here in America, you know, Jews are looked at, you know, with a certain type of status, like rich and, you know, get over on people. Part of Putin's problem is the fact that this young man is a Jew. That's, is this young man part government? The president, or the president Zelensky, is Jewish. Yes. 
that's a problem for work for for, for, for us there. Yes. Oh. They didn't want this Jewish Zelensky who was a Jew. For Putin or the Kremlin? For the well, Putin and the Kremlin. And the Kremlin. Both. Both. Oh. One and the same. I see. Okay. Putin's been in power way too long. I mean, listen, the fraternity. Why doesn't why doesn't Russia have democratic elections? They do not have why them. has Putin been in power? They have over? elections in Russia. Putin, Putin Putin has seen, you know, Reagan, he's seen George H. W. Bush. He's seen George W. Bush. No, but he had to step down. He's he, seen Bill Clinton. But he also stepped down. Barack Obama, Donald Trump. Yes. Joe Biden. He's been president through all these presidents. Uh, but now he was prime minister and then oh. president and then it was president, prime minister, and then back to president. They aren't one and the same. No. Prime minister, well, <laughs> president. No, they're different. Uh, they're who different. holds more power? The prime minister. The president. The president. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. So in British. The, the prime minister doesn't hold the power. The prime, the prime minister holds the power in Britain. Yeah, but there is, uh, there is a, there is a queen or a king that they is, hold no power. Very irrelevant. They are, they to be honest, we think they don't. Own, they don't have. You think you know? You know queen excuse me. You think they don't have power, but they have power. King Charles. It's that's, they're just symbolic figures. Symbol is in everything in that culture. That's why it's, it's, you have to study the culture of a society. When you study the culture, you see that listen, they have all the power. They have all the power. Okay. Who you think run the government? The nobles. Who is the head of the nobles? The king and the queen. They are one and the same. So they don't hold no power, but they set it up in a certain way now, in that particular way now. So the head of the house, who is the head of the, the monarchy? The king or the queen? Okay, who run? Who runs? Who runs all of these heads of government and the the military? It's just a symbolic thing. Yeah, it's symbolic. You think because you know, yeah, it's symbolic, but it's more than <laughs> thank symbolic. you. We will do a podcast on that. This podcast not about that. Oh yes. But when you start to study, who runs? Who are all these nobles? The, these guys are all nobles. And who who are who is the head of the no, the, the nobles? The king and the queen. The, okay. And the heads of all these committees is run by the king and the queen. So yes, in one sense they're elected, but there are that these nobles who run these heads of departments and so on. They're okay. <laughs> so just so you know. But but we but 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 we'll be right back after this. We'll be right back after this. This this show promises to be great. I mean to be quite powerful and quite revealed. As I share with you the discussion I had with Ishmael, Jewish, Russian, American. Let's continue with the episode. We'll continue from where we left off. And this, and this, quite, uh, it's, this is quite interesting. Many Russians, the relationship between the former Soviet countries, the relationship is very powerful, strong. His grandparents are Ukrainians, but he's Russian. And I did indicate to you that we needed to do a, a follow-up story about what's going on in Russia. But um, Russians are against the war, but they won't say it because they're afraid of what the Kremlin might do to them. And you know, some time ago we said, why is it that, and even many Americans and many people who don't live in the who don't live in the region and know what's going on, they say, why is it that why is it that the Russians don't rise up 
Why is it that they don't rise up against um, Putin? Um, against Putin? Precisely. Lack of research. They are poor. And if you look at uh, Russia, is is a poor country. Although you have you have some oligarchs. You have, in fact, you know who owned Chelsea? Was it Russia? Chelsea Football Club was owned by a Russian. And I had said that, and in fact, I had wrongly reported that, um, you know, if the Russian oligarchs, if it were to were to were were to uh, to wedge themselves, or with from from or not to throw them, if they were to wedge themselves from from Putin, or if Putin were to lack their support, then that would see Putin's demise. But that's not going to happen. When Russia was is behind the, the oligarchs' wealth, okay. <laughs> when they are part of the fraternity, that's not gonna happen, okay. Some time ago, Russia cele- what we said that Russia celebrated, but they have one hundred millionaires. But still, one hundred millionaires. But how many how how many how many people live below the poverty line in Russia? Hundreds of millions. In fact, when I spoke with Ishmael, Ishmael said, "Say, for example, in Russia, there, there's no what, uh, there, they have washing machines, but, but they cannot even afford to buy one. They can't even afford to buy a washing machine. This, in Russia, the Russians are so poor. Many Russians they are so poor they spend most of their time trying to survive to make ends meet. Most of their time, that's what, that's all they do." They don't have time to be rising up. Sounds like every country. Yes, but this is worse in Russia. Because Russia is supposed to be a post it's supposed to be one of the post-industrial countries. Okay? And in fact, okay, fine. There was there was some kind of demonstration in Russia some time ago, but this is far in between. And 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 the Russians and the Kremlin, the Kremlin and Putin quickly stomped out the uprising. You don't hear much um much 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 demonstrations now. <laughs> okay. You don't find Wait, much. The Russian-Ukraine war is still going. On. Yes, it is still going on. You don't hear too much about it. It's still going on though. Still going on today. And uh, and the latest is that uh, President Biden actually just agreed to send some um, defensive uh, military equipment. Again. To... <laughs> But no, no, not oh, again. They, they never have, did. No, they we have to be up to one trillion dollars in, in military aids. <laughs> oh yes, and I mean that's one. That's one. Many and I said many Americans were opposed to that. Yeah, I'm opposed to that. Because and of I what's going a, on in America. Right, I'm opposed to that. People, I mean, sending too much money to fucking Ukraine. <laughs> precisely, too much money when people are struggling struggling here, here in the U.S. and they, and and they, and they, and if they were to and and not only are they struggling, they're fine. They're struggling. If they have the money to send the Russia to Ukraine, that that means they have the money to, to to send to give to Americans. But they fight against any stimulus package. They have Americans here who are trying to make ends meet during COVID and so on. But they have the money, trillions of dollars to send. But you know, but I say to you, we have a responsibility to help our neighbors. Okay, and we shouldn't allow the, the political infightings in our country to affect how we give to other people but in a sense but it doesn't look good though then it does not look it's not, not a very good picture of course people will complain about that okay 
but that's that's one of the you know but one of the thing that he said that many people want to think that we should replace Russia. I mean, we should replace replacing Putin will help. We stop the war, and I have I am one of those persons who hadn't reported that. If the people were to rise up against Putin, then this war would end. Putin is, and guess what? That's not true. That is not true. Replacing Putin will not stop. Okay. In fact, if Putin never had all the support, the support that he had, okay, but probably would not have had this. But because Putin knew he he has the support, and even if we replace him, his generals, the people around him, the, his fraternity, the fraternity. In fact, Putin is just the head of a, of the fraternity. But Putin is the head of the fraternity that share his ideology and his modus operandi. Replacing Putin. Putin replace who? Okay, who would replace Putin? His second. The very same people who is part of the um, who shares his ideology. He is part. Putin is part of a fraternity. Who are X? Who are people who are who wants the XAB? I mean, sorry, who wants uh, uh, people who are X? KGB who want the old Russia back. They're ex-KGB who want the old Russia back, and that's what Ishmael alluded to. They're all, you know, they're all ex-KGB. Ishmael was the person, uh, the Russian. Is it Ishmael? Oh, did you interview? That I interviewed. Oh, okay. And he was afraid to come on air, but he was willing to talk with me to discuss with me about what's going on in Russia. And he said, for his grandparents, uh, they're from Russia. Is Ishmael alias? That's his real name. That's his real name. Oh. Um, but I, at first I thought he was Jewish. But, you know, I believe it probably he's Jewish. There are Jewish people that live in, in Russia. And they, I'm pretty sure that in Ukraine, the, 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 the uh, President Zelensky of Ukraine is Jewish. Okay? So, so, um, so there is Jewish. So, so I would think then that he's Jewish. Being Jewish doesn't necessarily mean... Being, you, being Jewish doesn't necessarily mean that you can't... You, you're not Russian, so probably he's a Russian Jew, but he is a Jew. Um, what's his name? But he is, he's, he's been he's been living in the U.S. since he was 10 years old. He's a national of this country, of the U.S. But um, but he still has fears about Russia. He can't speak against the Russian war because he's afraid that he might be drafted into the war. He said, "All Russian men, once you are a Russian man, once you get to 18, you're drafted into the war." And he's afraid to speak publicly because he's afraid that if he speaks against the war, his parents, his family in Russia will be imprisoned or jailed because of what he will say. Because it's going to be found that he's they're going to find who his, his family members are. So, so that's part of the problem. You see that? So he can't speak against that. That's why the Russians can't rise up against the war in the ways that we want. We think that they should. They don't have that, the freedoms that we have in that total, totalitarian country that's run not just by a despot, but, but by a despotic fraternal group. Not, a, don't, not in the term. I'm a fraternity. I'm in a fraternity. I, I pled, I'm pledged in a fraternity. If I did a single, that doesn't necessarily mean, okay, that, that's not the kind of fraternity we're talking about. We're talking about a KGB, a fraternity of ex-KGB people who have a particular kind of ideology, who runs Russia with an iron fist, whose people cannot speak or challenge um, the, 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 the people who are supposed to be serving them. He can't speak against them. So it's not just that they are poor as well, but they can't speak against Russia because if they speak against Russia, uh, Mother Ru- Mother Russia, I mean, if they speak against Putin and what he's doing and or 
and his fraternity that speak against Mother Russia. But can I tell you, he spoke with such passion against against Putin, against Kremlin. Uh, he spoke with such anger. He was so angry as I spoke with him, man, about what's going on in Russia. But he, you know, but he was also adopted that he could not. But what about what about martyrdom? Where are the martyrs in Russia? Huh? That's how that's how civilizations. Um, that's how freedom is won. You, okay, but what they have done? Can I tell you the Kremlin and, and Putin and his and his boys? They are so smart. What they have done? They have made. Let me tell you. It is okay if the Russians are, if most, if many Russians are, are, are lumpen, part, okay, are part of the lumpen proletariat. It's okay if they, if Russians are dependent on them, on the, on their government and live in poverty. It's okay. That's the kind of Russia you want, so that you can control the people, so that they can spend most of their time trying to make ends meet, instead of trying to fight the government. That is okay. That's what you know. Many of these in a, in a to, you learn about totalitarian system. In a totalitarian system, where you have despotic government, okay, who run amok of everybody's life, who's who 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 are unchallenged, whose power, whose power is unchallenged and unmitigated. It how it this is it, this is only facilitated within a system that is organized in such a way that allows for that to happen. The, the, they control the narrative, they control communication, they control the news, they control the news cycle and people's access to information, okay? And it is okay if you have pe people who are poor because people who are poor cannot spend their time challenging the government, as, okay? And he alludes to this very nature. That is how you organize society. So a society, so this is quite interesting, as I study power, privilege, and position. People who are poor, or people who, you know, society, it is society, it's society, it's society, people who have much to gain from poverty and high income levels of income inequality, will not want to do anything about poverty and poor people. Because they spend their time trying to make make ends meet, which is a strategy. A strategy. Many Russians are poor because it is a strategy of convenience. A strategy. Okay, there is an ulterior motive here. But what? But whichever the case is, we know that Russians are Russians are against the war, but won't say anything because they are afraid of what might happen to them. Or because they don't have the resources, because they are they are poor, and they are poor because it is made they because society it it provides advantages for certain people in society. And then you find out that many of the oligarchs and the elites in Russia, the few elites who are in Russia, 
they are rich because what because their their wealth come from the Kremlin. We are learning. That's what he said. He said, that, say for example, the guy who sold, who sold, uh, 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 he was quick to sell that. Because, you know, he was willing to sell the Chelsea Football Club. He already, he was already rich. He had made his wealth from diamonds. From diamonds. That's what he said. He made his wealth from diamonds. Through illegal means or through inhumane means, through violence, and then he after and then he bought Chelsea Football Club, and then because and because of his connections to Russia after the, the Russian invasion and the press international pressure, and wanted to save face, he instead of instead of instead of speaking against Putin, yes. And standing up against Putin and the war, what he did, he sold Chelsea Football Club instead of challenging Putin. Because he, he can't challenge Putin. These oligarchs, these elites, they can't challenge Putin. They can't divorce themselves and disengage themselves from Putin. They can't rise up against Putin either. Because Putin made them rich. Or not Putin and his fraternity. Putin is just the head of the fraternity, the president of the fraternity that runs Russia. And they themselves are part of that very fraternity. So you can't, they won't, they can't speak against their fraternity. So of, it will happen. So he, so they'll, he'll rather sell the Chelsea Football Club, and that, and that's exactly what it's really speaking. So it's, it's, it's. You see the dilemma here. You talk of the, the elites won't, won't rise up against Putin, and and what and and his project. A project that um, Donald Trump himself tried here in the U.S., but it it won't work. You know why? Because our society here in the U.S. is arranged in a is a little is a is arranged differently. Although it's it in some way it it works in subtle ways. In subtle ways it works because they come up with ceremonies, yes, to punish a, a, a to punish a group of people, the masterminds behind the January 6th insurrection. They are still walking away at large, living big lives, Get, um, doing shows on Fox, uh, uh, dancing with the stars, so on and so forth. Yes, that's what they are doing. The masterminds behind the, the violent insurrection. And then they develop ceremonies, committees, and then make recommendations that have no legal bearing. That's what happened here in the year, but in Russia and in, but okay. While in, in Russia, they won't rise up because they don't have information, or the information that they have is controlled by the same people who are justifying their their invasion or terror, their terrorism of other people. Now, there is one last thing that he alludes to that I must say, which is what's quite interesting and quite important. He said that he's a citizen, yet he's still considered Russian to Russia. And he's, he's a, a citizen, get what? But he's still Russian. Of course he is. <laughs> you know, he's still considered you're Russian. You're a citizen, but you're still Jamaican. I mean, not in that sense. What do you mean? Jamaica, ha- Jamaica has no hold over me. But Russia still has hold over me. How he's so? Still, 
if I, I I can speak against Jamaica, but then they can't do anything against uh, to my family. If he he doesn't have the luxury to speak in a public, I can speak. I can have have a podcast and write about Jamaica in the way that I do. But he can't. Okay, he can't come on the show and speak publicly because of fears that because of what might happen. And then he you know he said to me that okay, say for example, is there an opposition party? He said, okay, fine. There's an opposition. There is an opposition party. The leader of the Green Party in Russia. Well, who is the leader and where is he? He is in jail right now, and he's gonna die in jail. So if there is an opposition, you won't survive long. You won't last long. So might as well. Is either you join them, yes, or you die in jail. <laughs> but he's here. But his grandparents are Ukrainians. But he's from Russia. Okay, and you find that that's the situation happening. But he won't speak. He, uh, he won't speak against against Russia. And if he were to travel, if he was to travel to Russia, he would, if he were to visit Russia as an American, he might be drafted. <laughs> How? I mean, mean, he would have been kidnapped. He can't be drafted. He's no longer Russian unless he holds dual citizenship. What's going on in the Ukraine? Okay. Ukraine, Ukraine. You know, I, he said to me, one of the pro- one of the problem with if one is to justify the Russian war, one can own the argument for the Russian war is this: that NATO broke the agreement with Russia. Okay, the fact that they are inching closer and closer, and even closer to the Russian border. They are inching closer and closer to the Russian border, which threatens Russian dominance and Russian expansion in the region and control of the region. But this inching closer and closer also stems from the fact that um, Ukraine, Ukraine's interest in NATO and their relationship with the West and not only that, many many Russians are adopting, as I said, Western values, and that's part of the problem. He said many Russians are adopting Western values. He said that's part of the problem. You know, watching TV and American shows and so on and so forth. I know they have banned all of that now from Russia now. They, you know, because part of the problem was that the, the Russia was becoming too Western, too American. Many of the young people and so they were becoming too re- adopting Western values and Western style. That okay. So it was a show of force. So you know, he and he said he was he was so against that. It's quite powerful, and that's what's going on in Russia. I promise that I need us to um, have a show that that speaks to Russia, and we will continue with part two of looking at Donald Ducky Burks, the risk taker with a reading from his book but we had to do a follow-up story as we wrap up the year because i, I as i as we look at the year one of the our number one story was looking at what happened in russia and i think we did quite a bit of we did carry some shows looking at what's going on in russia but it was good to sit down with a russian who who it was closely connected because we didn't really sit down with any russian most of the story the information that we got coming out of russia from from as early as in April or February of this year, we got it thanks to thanks to Babel and our, our association with people from Babel and from Ukraine people on the ground 
we also had access to Telegram and some information that we were able to and was able to provide some reports to you. So and um, so and we had to provide some uh, follow up, but we weren't. And so we got some of the stories that we reported to you about what's going on in Russia came from sources that we have on the ground in Russia and from people we we spoke to from some members of my church congregation um, are also relatives to people in Ukraine, Ukraine, but I never had a chance to actually sit down to speak with a Russian and we were able to sit down with, with Israel. And boy, he talked with such passion, with such energy, with such disgust against this war. But he was, of course, afraid to come on air to talk with me directly. But I wanted to um, reach out to Ishmael and, and just, just let him know how, how appreciative we are of him coming on the show or sitting down with me for those 20 minutes, 25 minutes, talking about what's going on in Russia and how many people feel in Russia about the Russian war and why is it that they, why is it that many Russians are, why is it that many Russians cannot rise up against Putin? And why is it that it's so difficult to replace Putin? And why, and where are, where is the opposition? Where, where are the opposition? They're, they're in jail rotting. <laughs> And, if, and, and okay, which, which, which goes to show if you were to go up, if you were to consider running against Putin, you can forget about it, okay? This is the Neoliberal Round Podcast. Before the end of the year, we will continue, we will have at least three or four more shows for you. Thank you for listening to us. And of course, support us by going to https colon forward slash forward slash anchor.fm slash the neoliberal slash support and visit us at www.theneoliberal.com or renaldocmckenzie.com and of course grab a copy of my book neoliberalism globalization income inequality poverty and resistance available worldwide in all platforms and my second book neoliberal globalization we considered out in you know we had said january 2023 but I am going to, we are actually, we have changed, but I'm going to update that. The book won't be out until February 28, 2023. And the reason why I am updating that, it's because I added a dedication page at the beginning of the book, which some of you may know. And I, um, some, I think I did an excerpt of that, of, 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 uh, of my book. And I did, and in the dedication, I said I dedicate this book to my dad, who was given a basic education up to the grade nine, up to up to the ninth grade, where he could and needed only to barely read, write, or spell. Yet the expectations on him were great: to become an adult, raise a family while working in an industry requiring basic education, getting base pay, but through trial and error, raise six successful children, one of whom has written neoliberalism and is about to release this book the cycle will continue but some slip through the cracks now working to make it better and bigger for those coming behind us until there's nothing to hold us back and so that will so because so i will publish so this book will be released on february 2028 and it promises to be dynamic and powerful and very erudite and academic as usual i wish you all the best for the new year Welcome.